from an undisclosed location somewhere in North America, Rocky Stucci is the situation in room. the Situation Room. Oh yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our Friday broadcast. Rocky Stucci Situation Room broadcasting from an undisclosed... You know, I'm going to try something different. I'm going to I'm gonna come in with my BBC intro. Here we go. Ready? Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Rocky Stucci's Situation Room broadcasting from an undisclosed location somewhere here in North America. How you doing? I, you know what? I listen to a couple shows, boys. I listen to a couple shows, and because I'm always interested... One of the most important parts, speaking of the devil, Jeff Dartry's calling me in the middle of the freaking night. He just tried calling my phone. Um, one of the, um, I, I always listen because when I was on a different network um, down from Texas, I think you guys do the math, uh, they did a lot of different time studies. And one of the biggest drop-offs in regards to live radio is literally like the first 30 seconds of a show. So depending on how you come in, so whenever people do shows, I always listen. What are they doing? What are they saying to capture the audience to bring them in? So my next Monday broadcast, I'm going to kick off the show instantly talking about boobs, and I'm going to see how that works. <laughs> <laughs> it could be I'm effective. In. Yeah, I'm in too. Robert, are you in? I'm in. We'll do, I'm so there. Dude, we will do pictures and live stream videos. <laughs> I like the live stream video dude, part. I'm all about that. I am all about that. But folks, yes. no, dude, we do welcome you to the program. Thank you for being here. As you can see, we we have the Professor Bauer on the program with us for our Friday broadcast. So put on your thinking caps because every time we get the cannoli and the professor in the same room at the same time, I this is what you see for me right here. Ready? Three, two, one. <laughs> I absorb, gentlemen. I absorb. And uh and I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I appreciate the hell out of both of you guys. Uh, first and foremost, as my friend, uh, I think you guys are true scholars. Uh, you guys are good brothers. And both of you guys have, have uh, a tremendous heart of gold. And uh, it, it's it's honoring and humbling for me personally to be able to share the mic with both of you guys. You know, And, uh, Scotty, you and I, we've been doing this for a long time, brother. And... Um. Um, Man, I think we do a pretty kick-ass job at what we do, and and to bring the element to Bauer with this conversation, I think is a true gift for all those that are listening around the world. So, gentlemen, thank you both for being here today on this Friday episode. Well, I can echo that. That um, it's mutual. Uh, it's just an honor to be here with you guys. And every time we get together, it's always an adventure. And what is life but an adventure? Well, you know, Scotty, you're big on that word. Adventure is a big thing for you. Go ahead. Thing for me, I, I was just going to quote Terry Gar from Young Frankenstein. Uh, the feeling is mutual. Feeling so, is mutual, mutual. And uh, uh, so, you know, uh, one thing I've learned, and uh, I know Audrey's out there, and oh, yeah. uh, I still have to give her some shit about this. You know, I know I say in ten thousand words what the next guy could say in ten. <laughs> and, uh, it's an art form, but. Uh, uh, I got to tell you, when I get stumped by somebody like the professor here, um, I just make shit up and I start oh, talking. Dude, we are professional <laughs> make shit uppers. You know, you know, that flip jabbing in the hobgobber is uh, going to be something that I think we need to take an exponential look at because my uh, 
you know, my existential state might not be able to sap all that in, suck it in and put it out. You know, you know, we're talking about Rocky. Dude, sometimes, sometimes when you guys are talking and you guys are getting deep, I sit here and I do my look and I'm watching and I'm sitting there thinking in my mind, and I have no idea what the hell they're talking boobs. about. But make it look good, Stucci. And I'm thinking about boobies. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, hey folks, uh, you want know it's summertime. Summertime is very important to get together with the families, go out, do some fishing, go do some camping, go do some outdoor grilling. And in order to do that, you need cold drinks. And what you want to do is you want to go to catcoolers.com because cat coolers. This blows my mind. I'm not just saying this because I have to say it. I'm saying it because I want to say it. Any cooler that can hold ice for seven days is beyond my scientific understanding, but it is a beautiful freaking thing. Um, you can go to catcoolers.com, use code word Rocky, R-O-C-C-I, and you can also get a picture of the Rocky Stucci situation logo right there on the cat cooler. So, uh, again, catcoolers.com, go there, search it, Shop it and use code word Rocky, R-O-C-C-I. Uh, and, of course, visit StreamingTalkRadio.com. There you will find the links for the big freaking cannoli. There you will find links for the professor uh, or Don the Con, Mr. Freaking Bauer. <laughs> but everything is sourced right there. It's a one-stop shop. And I do want to point this out there really quick, too. There has been some weird shit going on with YouTube. If anybody watched Jeremy Hansen's broadcast yesterday and then uh, he had the big Sarge on the program, YouTube is doing this thing again. Uh, the same thing Facebook has done, the same thing Twitter has done, the same thing all these social media communist Nazi thug pig cockroach little weasels are doing to suppress the First Amendment. Let me point something out. For one, you have Scotty Roberts on the program, you have Robert Bauer on the program, and then you got the freaking meatball. No matter how much we disagree with people, no matter how much we disagree disagree with people politically, no matter how much we disagree with people in regards to their global views, their geopolitical views, we would never at any given time demand the suppression of your voice. And unfortunately, we are not getting the same support from our friends on the left because the conservative movement, the libertarian movement, the patriotic movement is now being deemed radical, and the radicals are now being deemed patriots. It's, it's this flip society that we live in. So if you ever go to YouTube and you do not see the broadcast on YouTube, you can watch the live stream at StreamingTalkRadio.com, or you can go to Mojo TV by going to Mojo50.com and click the Mojo TV tab there. So we are always available, and that is just in case Facebook decides us to be, uh, you know, not cool enough for their platform. Just a little well, heads up. You know, this just happened to Steven Crowder as he well. He got demonetized, dude, and he made his living off of Facebook or off of YouTube. And they restored him, though, after the, the lashback. I mean, there's, there's a boatload of stuff going on that we're going to get into a little bit here with uh, this episode of Informatica Part 5. Next text, but uh, there's a guy, one in particular that I found very fascinating. There's a guy named uh, Tyler who runs a channel on YouTube called Secure Team 10. Mm. Over 2 million subscribers. Wow. More, he gets more views on, and just like Crowder and even Jordan Peterson and some of these people who are speaking out truth to the uh, comical insanity that's going on out there. Uh, these guys have been making their, a, a great deal of money and they're living off of the original content, the independent content that they're putting out. And uh, Tyler over at Secure Team, 2 million viewers, 
subscribers, uh, more content, more eyeballs, more bums in the seats than CNN. Yep. Okay. And he was completely demonetized a week ago, all of his content. So he put out a video said, I've been demonetized. Uh, I don't, I think this is the end of secure team. His particular focus is on aerial phenomenon. Ooh. Um, UFOs, uh, different things that happen, uh, that are, people send in videos that they take off of their smart devices. And uh, he put out a video saying, hey, look, they demonetized me. Well, let me within, ask. You, within 24 hours, he was restored because of the backlash. Let me ask you guys a question. So one of the things that I've been hearing about in regards to YouTube is that they're also going to be going after what they deem to be, can be conspiracy sites or sp conspiracy pages. Um, how do we decipher through the conspiracy realm what is a legitimate conspiracy theory or what is a legitimate conspiracy towards the American people? Because the mainstream media has their narrative on what truth is. And then it's people like us that have these conversations to decipher and dissect that information and incorporate outer external information to try to figure out the actual truth you know, besides what mainstream media is telling us, and a lot of times the truth that mainstream media tells us is completely opposite to the reality of the truth. Scotty Roberts. What are they qualifying as conspiracy? That's the question. That's there's there's the question. Does it mean, uh, you know, are they talking about guys who talk about Bigfoot? Are they talking about guys who talk about the JFK assassination? Are they talking about people who talk about the deep state? Right, probably. Uh, you know, what is it they're... Uh, what, and what is it, uh, Professor Bauer? I know this is going to tie into what you are talking about today. Boy, I like the sound of that. It's just like <laughs> it, it ain't Bob or Rob or Robbie or Robert or Bauer. And I look at you and I go, Professor Bauer. Oh, like <laughs> again. Oh, oh, I got a question. Now, uh, Professor Bauer, um, what is it with <clears throat> the left that it seems the left wants to shut you down? as opposed to allow you to say your piece. And I see it from the grand, you know, university, college campus uh, talks, television, uh, all the way down to social media, that if you if you disagree with a liberal or somebody says something, you disagree and you come in with a cogent argument. I mean, even a one-liner that is cogent, all of a sudden you're the troll that needs to be shut down. Mm -hmm. and so what is it? What is, is that? Is there a psychology behind that? Is there a frequency behind that? Is there a shock collar behind that? I mean, what what is it that causes that? Well, I think there's a number of ways to look at and uh, objectively analyze what's going on. Number one, anytime you see, and this is something that I use in my decipherment of what I encounter as far as information, the, the first indication that there is something afoot that is not um, fully vetted in the truth or something that accords with truth is the emotional content that is that comes along with whatever it is that somebody is saying, Ah, you can't say that. You can't do this. You can't, if you are in uh, not in accord with our belief system, there's something wrong with you, and therefore thou shalt be shut down. Wow. So if there's emotional content in the argument, in the reason, 
uh, that's being expressed for being against what someone is saying, that's your first flag. Because emotional content has nothing to do with the facts. It has everything to do with where somebody is trying to steer people. You go back to Cloward and Plavin and uh, even back to Edward Bernays and, and his propaganda. The emotional attack is what is being used in order to herd people into group think. Now, so you've, if, seen this in, in, you've been present and thrown a couple of comments out on some of these discussions that take place on my threads. Yes, uh, and I, I enjoy them. I do, too. <laughs> I do, too. I get popcorn, and I sit down. You know, I'm, I'm like, oh, my God, Scotty posted. I'm just going to comment just so I can get notifications for the following comments. <laughs> well, I, I, like, I like putting my finger in there and stirring it around a little bit. <laughs> absolutely. And you've said some pretty darn good stuff. And what I like to put up there so many times with people is exactly what you were just talking about. I, I put up hashtag facts over feelings. And uh, substance over symbolism. Mm -hmm. And uh, I keep reminding people, I said, that's all fine and good. That's great. But tell me something, uh, facts and evidence. Give me the facts and evidence you have in hand, not just your feelings. Because you know what? Hashtag facts don't care about your feelings. Hashtag shut up. Shut up. Hell yeah. That's right. And, and here's <laughs> here's the other part of I, of I think what, you know, to answer your question, Scotty, is if you see the emotional content in any kind of um, reaction at your first flag that shits, something's going, somebody has got something that they have not resolved within themselves. And, you know, this whole idea of, you know, facts don't care about your feelings, they, it goes one step further. And that is whenever somebody says, uh, you've hurt my feelings or you can't say something because you're going to offend someone, which means that the the feelings are, are about to be engaged and you have now hurt my feelings is complete bullshit because feelings are generated within oneself. There's nothing that I'm going to say that's going to hurt your feelings unless you allow those feelings to be hurt and you allow that reaction to be what how you react and it, what it makes I, what have i always said i've always said you know why you can't really offend me because i choose to not be right. offended that's right that's is a choice it's when a choice I, to make, oh my feelings are hurt exactly i've said uh, for the last 20 years that when i turned 40 i lost a my ego and I gained a purpose mm -hmm. and people say, well, what does that mean? Well, it, it for some reason at 40, uh, I came to the realization that being offended was something that was a choice of mine, not something that was the result of someone else. And so the ego part, and I think that's where you see a lot of the issues with the deplatforming, the, uh, you know, trying to censor and trying to shut down discourse is because the people who have the emotional reaction have ego problems. Yep. And that's where you can immediately, and that's one of the important things of this whole concept of informatica and the informatification of that informatica, of the data. If you have solid data, then you can develop an emotional attachment to it. You can have it in a religious sense and be something that you feel like, I truly believe this. And that's a good thing, but that's always internal. That's something that you need to manage and, and harness within yourself for that, that cosmic, energetic being that you are. But to project that onto someone else, uh, 
is that's a violation, in my opinion, of the way in which the conscious energetic universe exists. It's why I became a Taoist, because of the just being in a harmony, being in a flow with that energy, with those things that exist. And I think that most people are still, and Rocky, we had talked about this on one of the other shows about the power of the mind and why can't we let everybody understand and have access to that. It's like, okay, I'm going to give my five-year-old a 40 millimeter automatic and let them have at it. (laughs) That's not a good idea. But educating and giving people uh, the knowledge and information that that knowledge and information is available is a very important part of the existence that we have. That's why you don't see a lot of, we were talking about this uh, with Jeff Darty last night, you don't see a lot of Taoists, Buddhists, and Hindus trying to go into other countries and change the way that the people who live in those countries are functioning, the way that they think. They, they are not militant in their beliefs. But the, the Western religions, the Christianities, the Islams, uh, and, and all the variants within have traditionally had this sense of, and this is where the Crusades came from, we need to come in and change the way these people are thinking and, and functioning so that they can be adherents to our belief system. I have yet That's- to see a T-shirt that says, Dow or die. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't exist. Right. It doesn't exist. Yeah, you don't, it, because they're, that is, all of those belief systems on the, on the Eastern side, um, for the most part, have come from something that comes from within, not something that comes from without. We were talking about the hierarchical, the patriarchal uh, delineations of Western uh, traditional belief systems. Uh, right from the get-go, there's an, as I was talking to Jeff last night, I said, to me, there's something wrong inherently with a hierarchical system. It doesn't function that way. The, the human biology, the natural state of consciousness does not function in that way. In fact, um, let, me, uh, let me read a quote here that, that I find uh, very relevant to well, not only what we're talking but about, but just in the way in which we all exist. And this is from uh, Jody Picoult. What would you do if you only had one day left in this world? Spend it with the people you love, travel to far corners of the earth to see as many wonders as possible, eat nothing but chocolate, and I'll throw some hot chocolate in there for you, Audrey. Yeah. Would you apologize for all your mistakes? Would you stand up for those you'd never had the courage to face? Would you tell your secret crush that you loved him or her? Why is it that we wait until the last minute to do the things that we should be doing all along? And to me, what she's saying there speaks to the internal existence of oneself. Not everybody else around you, not those that you disagree with, not those that you agree with. Bauer, can you read read that last one one more time? The last line? Yes. Why is it that we wait until the last minute to do the things that we should be doing all along? Thank you. I ask that question to people every single day. It's about being in the now. Um, I think that, you know, there a lot of the, uh, the different variants of positive thinking, the Tony Robbins, the, 
law of attraction, the secret, um, all of these different ways of that people are trying to figure out a better way to function within themselves and the world around them are all in this thing that we were talking about last night called mental magic. Mm-hmm. And mental magic is nothing more than the state of being conscious of oneself at the moment in the now. And, you know, you, you have the past, you got the present, and you got the future. I think that there's a really reasonable argument to be made that everything is the future. Everything, even the now, the words that I said just two seconds ago is in the past. The thinking that we're doing is about what we're experiencing in the now, but the future happens at the same time. But the past was the future at one time as well. Isn't that the paradox? This is so cool. <laughs> Yo, give me one of those, Rainy. Give me a. Hey, hey, hey. Here you hey. hey. And here you, brother. That <laughs> again. That's some bullshit. Come here, right here. Over here. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> See now. See that? That's in the now. <laughs> it was the future, though, two minutes ago. And now That's it's the right. past. And, yes, yes. <laughs> a heavy, heavy duty. You can't hear it, Randy. It's a heavy duty philosophical conversation. Oh, totally philosophical. <laughs> totally philosophical, brother. A lot of silly philosophical going on here. Wow, dude, that just dropped off real quick. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> what, my mic? No. The conversation. The conversation. So, so if you think about, you know, what we've been talking about, aside from the visuals that just took us all into another part of uh, yeah, consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think about, visuals. I will. think about the wonder of technology. Think about how fascinating the immediate aggregation and, and accessibility and ubiquity of information is through this amazing explosion of technology. What we can do today with technology, you know, back when I was growing up, we had a box of pictures and some books and some writings and so forth from the past, from our grandparents. And if you ever wanted to get nostalgic, you ever wanted to see who was what, when you went and you dug that box out of the attic and you rifled through the pictures and you went, wow, look at that. Now you've got them on your phone. Now you've got them in the cloud. Right now, now you have everything aggregated to this digital domain, this digital landscape where you can just, you can pick it up at any time. Information is instant. And that is a fascinating, wonderful, amazing development in the evolution of societal interaction and discourse. And one of the things before we get into the second half, think about these major platforms, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, name it. What are they? They are services. They are content aggregators. They are aggregating original, independent, created content from whoever decides to put it up there. So the only service, the only thing they're really providing is a service for aggregated content. They really don't have any other product. What is that content? It's coming from you and me. So when we start thinking about how the technology is today and where it's going forward, we really need to be thinking about how do we manage our content? 
Mm. Interesting. So, gentlemen, we're at the bottom of the hour break. We got just about a minute left, and and I just want to throw this out there really quick. And and for those of you that are listening, you're not going to be able to relate what I'm saying, but those of you that are watching know damn well that uh, the cannoli is looking damn sexy with those glasses on. I'm just saying I would spoon with you right now. Why, thank you. You want the front or the back? I'll take, um, I'm going to start with the back, and we'll see where it goes from there. So I think those are I think those are testicular specula uh, spectacles. Is that what you call them? Yeah. Like a, what what uh, I'm overcompensating. He's overcompensating. So folks, again, we have the we, we have the Professor Bauer on the program. We have the big freaking cannoli. You got the freaking clown punisher, the emotional meatball, the godfather of talk radio. How you doing? Don't worry about it. Uh, we are at the bottom of the hour break. You're listening to the Situation Room or the Sit Room right here on Mojo 5.0 Radio. When we come back, we got so much more to cover in such little time. But, ladies and gentlemen, get your drinks, get your Kool-Aid, get your popcorn, because we have a whole other segment left. You're listening again to the Situation Room. Scotty Roberts, Robert Bauer, Rocky Stucci right here on Mojo 5.0 Radio. Stand by, folks. Starts off by us being very mature gentlemen. We go to commercial break, and those of you that are watching the program, we I I I don't know. Man, I have no idea what just happened during the commercial break. But um, rumor is is Scotty's thin flat. Wait, what? What? What are you, Roberts? And he can't hear me because of the music. Okay, Roberts here. Now tell me, Roberts, you're thin. Flat, but quick, and you make a lot of babies. Is that how you said it? Uh, this one's for the ladies who are have a busy life schedule. Are you a mom? Do you have children that pull you in every direction? Do you have a career? Do you have very little time? Well, now we can bring to you straight from this studio a new product called Short Thin Gets the Job Done Fast. All for you, ladies. Dude, do you know that I actually have, uh, I think both of you guys already know this, but I have a Hillary Clinton blow-up doll. <laughs> Short, thin, and gets the Dude, job. I'm going to do an infomercial, and I'm going to hold it up, and I'm going to say, now you can do to Hillary Clinton what she did to the rest of the world right in the ass, oh. folks. Boom. Oh. Now, the only reason I would think you would have a Hillary Clinton uh, blow-up doll is to, it, it, you know, when you talk about all of these male enhancement uh, pills and, and so forth, you know, they say, so if you've got something that lasts more than four hours, you better see a doctor. Well, that's exactly all you it. need to do is pull up that Hillary Clinton doll and then <laughs> kill that thing Gone. immediately. Save your medical. <laughs> yeah. And it's down for like weeks. It's, it's like, I got to go get an air pump just to pump the shit back up. After you look at something like that, wench, I, oh, I man. Say, to be, to be very fair. She probably had her days many years ago where she was on some days rather fetching. Uh, but uh, I have never seen Hillary as being the kind of woman that attracted me. All right. All right. Cannoli, Cannoli, I got a question for you. I got yes. a question for you. It's a serious question, and I need a serious answer. Uh-oh. Yeah. This ain't coming. <laughs> <laughs> hey, remember, I found Martha Stewart very 
be at one. Okay, so if, if you knew that this action would get her out of public office, would oh, you right. have sex with Nancy Pelosi? No. Oh. <laughs> You're talking about... Dude, you got to take mm, one. Dude, it's for life. the people, brother. <laughs> we the people, for the people. Oh. Yep. And I would be the <laughs> there you go. And I would be the only guy who could perform. You would be the only guy. You would have to get up on that and pound it like a rodeo star, bro. And hang on. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh. Oh. Uh, I have to go relieve myself. <laughs> I, I gotta tell you. I gotta tell you. You you you've given me a. Uh, what would you call it? A. Uh, um, a philosophical quagmire. Mm -hmm. a, uh, um, isn't this the unanswerable question? Is this the Kobayashi Maru test? No, this is, <laughs> I knew, see, uh, Scotty, I know what Scotty's trying to do right now. So Scotty don't want to answer. So Scotty's going to try to divert this conversation. Oh, gonna go, it, I can answer it. Yes or no. Uh, uh, now, Bauer knew what I was talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. You go in there and reprogram that bitch. <laughs> this is my Kobayashi Maru test. That's right. Um, I would reprogram the computer. <laughs> to change the simulation. Um, let's see. Okay, if really, if it came down to it, if I knew that the only way to save my country was to go in and have ribald sex with Hillary Clinton, I would do it for my country. Thank you. All right. And okay. Build statue. You would erect a statue in my honor. We would erect a statue. Now I got a question for <laughs> Professor. Yes, sir. Here you go. Same scenario. You're not going to yeah. be left out of this. Same scenario. Same yep. scenario. Uh, and you got to think of the people when I ask this question, brother. You got to think of the people, you know, because right. we sacrifice for the people we love. You know what I'm saying? The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. Okay. Or the Would you tap the ass of Michael Obama? <laughs> Ooh. Oh my. Not Michelle. But Michael, and, and I'll be very specific here because you were very <laughs> specific Scotty, in your uh, wording. <laughs> uh, I would, in the traditional sense of the word tap, I would tap it. But in the alternative use of the word tap, it would have to be along the lines of Brother Robert's you know, requirement. If it was to save my country, to save the planet. From the alien invasion of anal probers, uh, I would. Uh, God, I'm I'm hearing uh, <laughs> I'm hearing I, Appalachian spring playing in the background. I hear a banjo. Wait a minute, dude. I don't know, gentlemen. You know what? I've seen the video of of Michelle or Michael or whatever you want to call her. I've seen the video of her on Ellen, and she's packing, dude. She's packing something large. Scotty, uh, you know, that's one of those conspiracies, right? Conspiracy a, theory, right? Now, you could get defunded here on YouTube for saying that, right? I already am, bro. Oh, you already are? Yeah. Okay. Dude, you're talking yeah, to the freaking meatball here. I'm defunded everywhere. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> there's no money coming in for this, honey. Nope. Did you, see, did you happen to see the meme that's already come out since Trump's uh, visit with uh, the Queen? He's standing on the platform outside uh, Buckingham. And there's, there's the Queen, and she's got her little hat on, and... Melania is over here looking rather gorgeous, and Trump is over on this side of her. 
and the queen is actually bent and she's looking down. I don't know what she was really looking at when they took this photo, but she's bent down and she's looking right at Melania's crotch Ooh. in the shot. And it says, I can't remember the exact meme, but it was to the tune of, I was just checking. You're not like the last one. <laughs> Hey, uh, you know, speaking of, I, I just recently found an article before we get into our conversation here. I don't know how we can get serious again after this, but European <laughs> European royals allegedly killing children in human hunting parties. That's the royal family. I got this. I, let's bring it up next week and have some fun with it. You're talking about present day or are you talking about, you know, dark ages and medieval times? Well, present day. That's a that's a whole blue bloodline yeah. re reptilian thing. Yep, I mean, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. I mean, if you listen to David Icke and and some of his theories, uh, as well as Michael Desarian, I mean, there's some amazingly interesting, far out but still interesting nonetheless uh, ideas about this whole reptilian race and what their proclivities are as it relates to interacting and uh, in all the various forms that that connotates with the human species. And there's something, apparently, there's an underlying theme in the informatic of these uh, memes and group thinks and uh, conspiracy theories that there's something really attractive about our biology with all these other aliens. I mean, you go back to the Bible, uh, all of the different things that you've been, that you've written about and talk about, Scotty. Um, the sons of gods coming down and copulating with these apparently extremely attractive female uh, human beings, and which, yeah, which which brings up the question: Well, so there were sons of gods. Well, was there daughters of gods too? And and were these wenches apparently not as attractive as these carbon-based units that are in this female form on on the planet? Makes one think. And then you you get into the whole, uh, get deeper into it about, you know, wanting to uh, eat them, consume them after copulation starts sounding like, you know, insectoids, which is a whole nother aspect of some of these things, right? You got the praying mantis is like the, that one meme with the, the praying mantis sitting there in the bar and he's like, ah, I might as well have another drink. She's just going to eat my head when I get home anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> And there's, it's amazing how much uh, truth there is in just the innate way in which we experience our, our humanness. Um, you know, from the, the whole memes of, of about the way women are, about the way men are, and all of those things are taken and they're weaponized about how, how you can uh, manipulate the people, manipulate the sheeple, the sleeple, whichever category you end up falling into. And from there, you go into, well, you know what? The way I'm going to go try to figure some of this stuff out, because some of it's pretty interesting. Some of it is not interesting, and it just comes out of a overly fertilized field of imagination. But you start looking at the technology, and you go, well, I'm going to, I've got access to all this information. I'm going to go do some research. I'll go find out about these reptilians, these insectoids, the, the, these, uh, all these different things that, seem to stimulate some kind of thought process, dialogue, exchange of information. And you have technology that today enables us to do that. And I think that's one of the important things that people from a fundamental perspective need to think about going forward when you think about technology. The one fundamental thing that is 
current today, and it's going to become even more important going forward, is that your identity is your currency. When you think about the monetary system and the way that, you know, you get into the elites and all the, the thought processes of the way things are controlled, he who owns the gold owns the rules, right? Or makes the right. rules. Right. The fiat system is, uh, is in the, has, from an historical perspective, in the, in the way that we have paper money and metal money and so forth, there are cycles that you can find when you pull up your Uniblab and you start doing some research. There's a typical cycle of around 80 years where fiats come and go. They rise and then they flourish and then they, they transform into something else. And we're seeing that today with what uh, people are referring to as crypto assets or cryptocurrencies. Um, they've been around for a while now. In fact, there's amazing evidence that Alan Greenspan was the first one who actually programmed the code known as the blockchain back in the 60s. And when people talk about Satoshi and 2008 and Bitcoin and all of that coming around at that point, it was all planned, at least from the research that I've done. And Greenspan was the original author of this, which is extremely fascinating when you look at it. Nonetheless, the change of the fiat system that we're in today is going to change. It's going to become a crypto-based blockchain hash graph model where it's not only money. It's everything that has to do with who we are in this digital landscape. At the end of the first segment, I was talking about how content is king, right? Content is what makes everything uh, function. That's where all of these social platforms, they're not creating any of this stuff. They're simply aggregating it. I'm looking at you, Stucci. I'm looking at Roberts. <laughs> Neither of you. I know. <laughs> are, are well, you I'm sorry to be interruptive like that and distracting. I, are you going to share some of that content there, yeah, Brother, Brother Roberts? Yeah. Uh, content for another time. <laughs> well, my point is this. Your content, your ID, the smart grid, all of the Internet of Things is going digital. Money in the fiat form is going to go away because it's not convenient. It's not trackable. It's not um, something that you can utilize across your interaction with the digital world that we are now. We've been easing into it, but it's about to explode. So thinking, of, thinking about your content, your ID, and how you manage your personal presence is the most important thing going forward. All of the different aspects of 5G and, this, and smart grid and all the different aspects of the way in which digital existence and content is managed is what we'll get into in more detail uh, going forward. But well, think, about, to, think about how wonderful this is, how much efficiency, how much, oh. uh, going back to the quote of um, uh, Jody uh, that I read earlier, if you have more time to do more things that are more meaningful and technology can enable you to do that, how awesome is it? Right. So the positive benefits of, of this technology, uh, this transformative disruption that we're we're going through right now is fascinating. The benefits are just innumerable. 
And figuring out a way to manage that and to mitigate, manage the positive and mitigate the negative is the really important thing that we're, everyone is going to have to deal with going forward. You know, uh, way back when I was in junior high school and high school, we're talking about through the 70s, um, we had uh, in our church youth group, of course, we would, we would talk to us about eschatology, the end times prophecies. And they would talk about the beast and how that uh, John uh, uh, the Apostle smoking whatever he was smoking out on the Isle of Patmos. Yeah. Good <laughs> shit. Those visions, yeah, he had the good shit. Um, and there, lo, there I was, whether it was in the seventh heaven or the first heaven, and I did see a flying scorpion with iron fangs that came and did eat my people, and one-third of the population of the earth was vanished. You know, you know you're seeing stuff like that and writing about it, but one thing you talked about was you had to have the mark of the beast to mm -hmm. be able to purchase or sell or anything like that. And they had it either in their foreheads or the palms of their hands uh, uh, with some. And he was talking about implants. Mm -hmm. And back in the mid-70s, yeah, we had Star Trek and stuff like that. But uh, thinking about, yeah, right. Somebody's going to have an implant <laughs> and be able to buy something right. And then, of course, you know, they came out with all of these not uh, not too many god-awful many years ago, these barcodes, mm -hmm. uh, you know, stuff like that. And now I just saw something in the news the other day about uh, some implant you can get that will have, of course, all your medical records. It will have all your banking information uh, and it will have all your investment information. It's nope. something you can just scan it. You know, nope. Nope, not doing it. Well, that's in the whole field of what they call the biometrics, right? And in this digital space that I'm talking about, biometrics is one of the key things that's going to allow you to just exist in the world. For example, there's a company called Clear, uh, and they uh, are leading the, the entire travel industry on being able to, you don't have to check in anymore. You just, your identity, your biometric data is immediately available to those scanners and you're passed. So, I mean, on one hand, you look at it and you go, sign me up. I don't oh, want to stand great. in no security line. I don't want to go through all that bullshit. If that, if that is something that can enable me to have more efficient and effective existence within me being out and about in the world, I'm all for it. But you know, here's the thing. Who's, who's got the data? Right. What are they doing with it? Right that I don't have control over. And that's where I was saying that your ID is your currency. You How know, you manage that is what's important. That biblical prophecy, too, that said uh, that this would be established, you know, that's the only way you could sell. You'd have something in your wrist or your forehead. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it also spoke of the follow-up to that was those who would not take the mark of the beast in the forehead or the wrist to enable mm -hmm. this were persecuted and killed. According right. to the prophecy. Well, here's the deal. Here's the deal is that, you know, whether we're old school or not, I, I resist this whole chip thing. I resist the whole currency thing. We Scotty, we talked about this years ago with Ward about the cashless societies. Um, oh, yeah. But you know what? No matter how much we resist it, even though there's conveniences there and that's their selling point, but no matter how much we resist it, it's going to happen, no matter how much we like it or not. But, Bauer, I got a question for you really quick. Yes, sir. Because, you know, I'm always thinking content, right? I'm always thinking, mm -hmm. you know, what, what can we bring to the people that they're really going to enjoy and then get educated at the same time? And then we can still talk about boobies. You know what I mean? Um, 
In Colorado, they are legalizing mushrooms. Amen. Okay, so this is what I'm thinking. I, I got a show idea. So Illegal? Hey, hey, Roberts, <laughs> we are going to drive down to Bauer's place, and we're all going to shove our mouths full of some freaking psychedelic mushrooms, and Ooh. we are going to do a live stream and get silly fossil, bros. We're going to get silly fossil. It's only a day's drive down. That's there. it, man. We're going to do it, and we're going to live stream it, man. We're going to live stream it. You know, there's actually a couple of places that uh, they're essentially bed and breakfast, okay? where they serve all of those things and, and they've got these beautiful surroundings and lounges and stuff. And we could set up and do a live stream in one of these B and B's, these, uh, dispensaries and sit there and just be fed. We can have actually the staff and the people that work there, a part of the show come up and explain what this particular shroom is, what this bud is, what this hell. tincture is, and just educate the hell out of people because that one aspect of the pharma, the, herbology back in the middle ages uh, became pharmaceuticals today. And there has been so much control and suppression over the reality of what these natural substances are. And you go to the biblical side on, uh, on the, on Christianity. What did they say? Hey, God made all this stuff, plants and animals for you to use and Hell enjoy yeah. at your pleasure. He didn't put any restrictions on that shit. He said, here it is. And I got to tell you, cannabis is probably the most powerful, the most wonderful gift from the heavens, depending on who, uh, you, who you subscribe to that created all this stuff. But it is hemp. In fact, here's a, here's a tip. If any, anybody's looking to invest in anything, take a look at the hemp industry. With the Farm Bill passage last year, complete legalization of all types from growing to testing to experimentation of hemp was put into that farm bill. Hemp, uh, Henry Ford made an entire car out of hemp that also ran on hemp oil. You can get one of the reasons that the cannabis and hemp was uh, given all of its negativity back in the 20s and 30s was because you can get a four to one yield of paper from hemp versus trees. And Weyerhaeuser and all those guys that had these big farms of trees said, well, we can't do that. Can't allow that to happen because we've got this investment. So there was a uh, concerted conspiratorial effort to suppress the most powerful plant on the planet that has more uses and more historical value than any other plant on the planet. Uh, so there's all kinds of things like that that I think when you look at it and when you do the research, you pull up your Uniblab and you start going, what happened? Why is this this way? You find that the conspiracies are deep, they're wide, uh, they're across the board, and they're there because people are trying to control people. Why do you want to control people? Well, it's too many of them. Go to the Georgia Guidestones. Um, what was that about? 500 million is what the real yep, population, million. sustainable population is. How yep. do we get there? Well, let's control them with biometrics and uh, digital uh, understanding about their habits where they're at, what they're saying, what they can say, what they shouldn't say. Let's create a narrative around that control. But then, out of nowhere, somebody finds Ed Casey's writings, starts talking about Atlantis and all of the amazing technology and things that the, the Atlanteans had, the Lemurians. Oh, what did they find under the sea down in Cuba? Paula Zelensky, 2,500 feet down, pyramids, hieroglyphic writings. Yeah. 
off the coast of Cuba. Yep. All of a sudden, she finds it, she puts it out there, and all of a sudden it disappears. Why is it disappearing? What's going, what's on the coast of Duarca? What's over there in Yanaguni? What's going on with Nanmadal? What has happened with the history and the knowledge the, of the past that the ancients knew? Edgar Cayce's, uh, uh, all of his readings about Atlantis, whew, that, the, the amount, the, the, the two-eyed stone, the energy, the things that they found are finding now down in Antarctica under two miles of ice, ancient civilizations, ancient technology, ancient energy. What happened in remote viewing when they looked at Toba 70,000 years ago? Yeah. Apparently, there was something to do with the knowledge getting to a point to where they were a little too laissez-faire, if you will, with the knowledge and of, that they had of these technologies. And they went over the edge, they got out in front of their skis, and they caused a catastrophe. They ended civilization as it was known at that time. So civilization had to reboot. Now, I know I understand that I'm kind of throwing a whole bunch of nuggets on the table here that oh, are interconnected, but I think we're going through a cycle like that right now. I, uh, If you remember Rocky, we were talking, and maybe, uh, Robert, you heard some of this. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I had a good psychic medium friend of mine who said, you are conjuring something in your life right now. You're conjuring. Yes, I remember that. And whether you realize it or not, you're doing this because you're putting that energy out there. In that same vein, let's slip over into the woo a little bit more here. Um, do you think with things that are the vanishing, the pyramids that are vanishing, these discoveries, these physical things that are vanishing, do you think that they are vanishing because... Uh, obviously because somebody in present day doesn't want that known. Do you think then that the, here's where it gets woo, do you think then that the metaphysical side, if you will, will overcompensate? And you will start getting, as this thing was manifesting itself to me when I wasn't asking for it, um, I was tacitly asking for it by not saying anything about it but but talking about it do you think that these same kinds of things can start happening what we're going to get is more information coming through less technical means uh, and more mental subconscious things like that absolutely in fact i think that the the metaphysical is in that sense is the is the fundamental power in existence of, of the universe. So, uh, all of the things that we're talking about, the technology, the, uh, the ancient knowledge and so forth, those all are manifestations of the consciousness of the of the universe and the energy that it, that fuels it, that makes it exist. So I think that the metaphysical, the consciousness and energy can and will overcome it. I think that's what has happened through the, I, my personal opinion in my research right now is there's probably five or so, maybe six major civilization cycles that have occurred. And we're talking in the Michael Cremo vein of a million, two million years. Um, it could be even longer than that. But I think that this, this cyclical um, catastrophic uh, catastrophism model is something that just, it's a part of the natural evolution of the universe in the conscious, physical, biological 
manifestation that we experience. I think it's a part, it's, it's a healthy part. We have to go through major cycles to, to not only learn, but also to cleanse, to strip out the, the crap so that the next level is even better than the previous one. And I think that's just a part of the nature of the habit of the universe. Uh, good answer. Interesting. Well, Gentlemen, that's only to start. We, um, it's already at the end of the freaking program. I mean, seriously, did we even start what we we're supposed to start? Did we even talk about any of it? Dude, you see this? Didn't even get there. Okay. Didn't even get there. We, did. well, I, I, we, we got to the Check first. By anything on there? <laughs> hey, uh, really quick, folks, just to let you know, again, this is my uh, training weekend. I got to do it every third weekend. So I personally will not be here Sunday night or Monday night. I will talk off air to see if Bauer and Scotty want to uh, put something together and maybe they want to cover for me on uh, Monday and Tuesday night. We'll talk off the air about that, guys. Uh, and I do apologize. I hate doing it to you guys. I really, really, really do. And, and um, it's just, I'm not feeling any sincerity in that at all, brother. Hey, I mean, dude, <laughs> I get to put I get to put all fires. I got to drive the new fire truck the other day, too. I'm just saying, man. And it has a whole bunch of lights on it. I'm just saying. Well, hey, you know, if you, if you let uh, the Roberts and I take over, uh, you're going to have a lot of cleanup to do when you get back. You know, dude, well, dude. we're professionals at leaving cleanup. Dude, I, I ain't got no issues, man. I don't clean shit up. We just leave it out there and, and let people absorb it any way they want to freaking absorb it. You know, we, we don't do cleanup. And I'm going to look at some new software um, for starting next week because I hate Skype. And um, uh, if you didn't hear me the first time, I hate Skype. So anyways, gentlemen, I love the hell out of you guys. Uh, to all the listeners, thank you so much for being here. To all the viewers, we love the hell out of you guys. Thank you for taking Amen. your time every single day to make this program or to listen to the rebroadcast. StreamingTalkRadio.com is the home for Bauer, for Roberts, for Rocky. That is all of our information is right there. All you got to do is go to that site, and they are linked. You can go there to get to all their sites. So, ladies and gentlemen, rule number one, don't take shit from nobody. You have a badass weekend. We love the hell out of everybody. Good night, folks.